Hello and welcome everyone back to the Backmarkers F1 show. I'm Chris joined by Tyler and Shaker. We are the Backmarkers F1 show and this episode number 85, we are reacting and recapping the 2020 Styrian Grand Prix, round number two from Austria. And uh, yeah, we had a good couple of weeks in Austria. Um, I know that this race wasn't as exciting or entertaining as the first one, but still plenty of things to talk about. A lot of incidents and a lot of things that uh, we'll be carrying on into Hungary that are, are some good talking points. Mm -hmm. So let's see where we can start really from uh, from the race. I, I wanted to maybe just talk initially about the Saturday, the qualifying session, because that was probably the most entertaining part of the weekend. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, wet and wild, you could say. Yes, yes uh, it was. The extreme wets came out and... Uh, it was uh, a lot of fun to watch the, the qualifying, uh, just to see the different teams adjust and try to get their temps in their tires. And we saw some teams struggle with that, and we saw some teams really get the temps in. And Lewis Hamilton pulled the absolute, you know, Lewis Hamilton performance, really, to, to get pulled by, was it 1.2, 1.3 seconds? 1.2 over max, yeah. Yeah, that's just ridiculous to be... That, yeah, no, that's ridiculous so you know he was a master class in the wet uh, in qualifying which really led him to being pretty comfortable in this race yeah absolutely 1.4 seconds faster than his teammate although Bottas was saying he had some sort of a brake issue so that kind of contributed to the, his pace so far behind Hamilton but yeah nonetheless it was a lot of fun too and just seeing like guys like Nicholas Latifi and George Russell put out some really good runs uh, Latifi put in some really quick laps in, uh, in Q1 as well narrowly missed out on q2 actually because of the yellow flags and then That's obviously right. the red flag so it was a good session for him but just seeing so many qualifying laps which we don't normally see you know it's usually only like two or three hot laps maybe at the most so that was a lot of fun man and yeah like we just mentioned george russell qualified p12 got bumped up p11 pretty impressive highest grid slot that he's ever achieved in f1 so yeah it was a nice treat for williams to be able to participate in q2 uh, usually yeah. they're in Q1 early lunch, but uh, the lunch had to wait because Russell was out uh, doing some magic in the wet. So maybe he could be pretty handy in the wet as well for Williams if they if we get a wet race uh, down the line this season. Um, George Russell now has some some pretty good experience in the wet in that Williams and can show that he has some pace to uh, to run with the midfields. Yeah, you know it's crazy. I was just looking at the qualifying times. So you had Vettel, who was P10, obviously just the cutoff for Q3. He set a, let me just make sure that this is the right one. So in Q1, he had a, we were talking about Q2, right? 119.5 was Vettel's time to get into Q3. George Russell in 12th, 119.6. Yeah. So just about a 10th in it, and he would have bumped out the Ferrari for Q3. Exactly. No, And could you imagine that? Both Ferraris missing because George Russell pipped them both at the line uh, right. to knock both Ferraris out into Williams. It would have been... Fantastic storytelling, but obviously it didn't really accumulate for Russell in the race. Unfortunately, still had the uh, the Williams pace, which showed better pace than what it did maybe you know last year. And uh, and they were keeping up with the Haas, as I found in this race. Uh, Latifi and Russell were were trying to just tailing, couldn't find enough uh, find enough pace to pass the Haas cars. But uh, an all right race for them. They can kind of learn up, learn on that, and move forward. Yeah, Russell made, tried to make a move on Magnuson, um, and he, he got out into the gravel there. I think it was turn five, mm. so he kind of messed up his race from then on, and, and yeah, they really couldn't. They struggled more in the race, definitely, than they did in qualifying, but um, now that we move over to a higher downforce circuit like Hungary, I'm interested to see where, where they're going to be sort of pace-wise, um, but still, I think for, for Williams, I mean, it's a massive step forward from, from last year for the first two races of the year, so I think they can be pretty happy pretty happy with that. Um, 
now just moving on to to race day um you know we were talking before the air it was last five laps were probably the most entertaining you know first couple of laps obviously was a lot of fun and then after that it just kind of got a little bit dull a little bit boring we're not complaining though i mean we sat out for months without any formula one races so i mean it is what it is it's gonna happen but lap one obviously the big talking point was was ferrari and i they brought upgrades we talked about this in the podcast last week and we're like hmm we wonder what it's gonna do we wonder and i mean that upgrade on vettel's car in the rear wing was was a nice one wasn't it it was uh literally it took took some weight away weight away from the car yeah it did so improvement that wise, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder if it's going to be legal because it was. I felt like it was almost touching the asphalt. So like, I don't know what regulation that is, how low you can have your your rear wing. But Sergio Perez actually tried the opposite thing, but in the front of his car. <laughs> yeah, race. that's right. Yeah, it didn't work though, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, I mean Ferrari didn't really have much pace in the wet. It kind of they seemed like this whole downforce upgrade didn't do much. They ended up in the same sort of grid slot as they did last week in Austria. Well, in Austria same racetrack um but uh, yeah it didn't seem like they were going to do too much with it and then we didn't really get to see its potential in the race uh so who knows now we're going to hungary and seeing if they're if that downforce package will help there we'll need the downforce in hungary so it looked good for two corners it did they look good for two corners and i gotta say leclerc's ferrari looked pretty good on the back of vettel's car so yeah um yeah i mean that's i, th- I think we're all in agreement right that was Charles leclerc's Absolutely. fault oh for like, sure there's no disputing that even he knows yeah he does know so his downforce was so good that he could he thought he could sneak through that's there true. so you know <laughs> must have been that good ferrari's new upgrades the rear wing reduction system that's what they were using this week so yeah no i mean charles felt pretty bad obviously and you could tell in his post-race interviews and everything uh he was beating up on himself but mistakes happen yeah and now it's sure. one for one vettel wrecked him and uh, Brazil and now he wrecked Vettel in Austria so we're, we're, we're one for one who gets the next one yeah, exactly yeah it was terrible though man and um you know they canceled all the press briefings yeah. or, or press conference afterwards everybody was just like yeah you know what go home um there's not really much that you can say after that it was pretty clumsy from Leclerc to to send that on the inside especially on lap one but it's not looking good for Ferrari and I mean at the end of the day they kind of deserve what they get really just how bad that they are. And everybody knows, if you've been watching the show, that I am a Ferrari fan. If I had to pick somebody I would I would want to win the championship, it would be Vettel in a Ferrari. But I can't just I can't deny the fact just how awful they are. And the fact that they've gotten worse, I, I don't even know how that's possible. Same regulations, not many changes for next year. So I can't imagine that it's going to get much better. They what? might claw themselves back to like best of the rest at least, I yeah. think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe at this point, maybe it's just focus all your resources to 2022 and try and really make your step there and have a championship winning. At least try to have a championship winning car. Yeah, I guess it hasn't worked out though. In 2014, the last time they had massive regulation change, it, it, it went terribly too. So I, I don't know. Do, like, do they need to fire some people? Do they need a complete culture shift in in Marinello? Something needs to happen because there's no way that it's all on the drivers. You can't blame the drivers at this point. And, um, you know, when you have a four-time world champion, when you have a guy like Alonzo as well, who wasn't able to win anything with them, any championships with them, it kind of, the common denominator ends up always being the team. So mm-hmm. at what point are you going to stop blaming the drivers and go after what the hell the team's doing? Well, if every Ferrari engine on the grid isn't getting any points, kind of that says too. something. That's true. Yeah. And especially, right? Like if it, 
it's pretty clear that it's an illegal engine, or it was in the last year. So yeah, my buddy just learned last week, actually just yesterday, that uh, Ferrari was using an illegal engine, and he did not believe me. <laughs> really? So yeah, he didn't believe me until I sent the article over, and I'm like, yeah, so they were cheating. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's racing in general, right? Like yeah. you're always pushing the limits, and yeah, sometimes it backfires. And in this case, it backfired, and now it's really sewered Ferrari, and they're gonna have a tough time trying to come back from this one. Um, well, Renault was trying to get at uh, racing. Yeah, racing I guess we can move on to that topic. Yeah, good segue there. More protests coming from. Uh, we had Red Bull last week, and now it's Renault and Racing Point. And I made this point too that these guys have history. If you guys remember last year in Japan when uh, Racing Point protested yep. Renault's brake bias system, yep, which they ended up winning. Renault ended up losing a chunk of points, which really affected the constructor standings at the end of the season. So, what do you guys think? I mean, I read into it a little bit and. You have on one hand racing points saying, ah, you know, this is this is ignorant from Renault's side. They don't really know what they're talking about. We're going to be good. And then you have some people that are like, well, you know what? The racing point could really be in trouble here. So I thought they copied their car exactly from, well, Mercedes. Here's the thing. Uh, first, I want to mention a uh, friend of the show, Chris Medland. Uh, on his Twitter, uh, coming up with the full-on decision. Renault protest, or, or sorry, Renault are protesting the front and rear brake ducts, uh, and they have been sealed and impounded by the FIA, and will there will be a full hearing as well. Um, so that's that that is a huge factor as well of what exactly Renault is protesting against the racing points. Um, but see, this is the thing that that boggles my mind on why they're bothered protesting. There's already a, a, a Big say going on about Racing Point copying Mercedes' uh, complete look, and as you know, many pictures as Racing Point took, um, they still can't exactly carbon copy it because that's not allowed. Right. So they presented their car, and they presented the 2019 Mercedes car to the FIA and said, "Here are the two designs. Here is exactly how these are not the same." And the FIA passed it. So in my mind. Why is there a protest? It's I, already been passed by the FIA. I, that, yeah, that's exactly the point I was getting yeah. to as well. I was like, if they've they've already brought this forward to the FIA, and FIA has been aware of this since they started testing back in yeah. February. Yeah, and, and probably even earlier when they sure. were designing mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. Obviously, we know these cars are built way in advance, so it is a good point. And it's what I thought, too, when I was getting my five thoughts down after the race yesterday, and I said, most likely that this protest will end up like Red Bull's DAS protest because... You're not going to put that much development into something that you're not 100% sure is legal. Yeah. And like you said, Shaker, I'm sure they would have went to the FIA and said, hey, like this is what we're doing. It's my, it's a little controversial and it's a little on the edge, but is it within the rules? Yeah. Because otherwise, why would you go to such lengths to complete a completely illegal car and know full well that the teams are going to protest because they've happened many times before and then run the risk of... I don't even know what would happen. Like, would they have to completely rebuild the car? I, I don't know how they would. Yeah. And I think that question. Renault situation last year was a little bit different because that was like almost a later half of last year. And in mm-hmm. that one race, that situation happened where, you know, Renault was protesting um, Racing Point's entire car from the beginning of the season. So And both of them as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it is pretty serious because they have or they are going to seize parts from both uh, Mercedes. So the 2019 mm-hmm. Mercedes and the racing point from this year. Now, here's one thing that made me a little bit more nervous for racing point's sake. I heard a former F1 engineer, um, and I forget his name. His name slips slips my mind. If you uh, know who I'm talking about, maybe just drop it in the comments below so we can shout him out. He said that 
one of the things though is is that the brake ducts are very complex. So it would be very difficult to carbon copy those brake ducts just from pictures because of the way that it's built, a lot of the detail comes internally. So it would be next to impossible to be able to just, you know, copy something off of the photo, which is a good point. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a great point. Um, and it leads to the whole discussion of like, everything was presented. I don't yeah. understand uh, how this could still be a thing. But, I mean, unless Renault have now superior evidence that wasn't available before that we saw Red Bull give right. Hamilton a penalty. I mean, there was that situation as well this year. So that could be a thing as where Renault now have this some, I don't know how they would get the the technological advance to be able to find this carbon copy. But anyways, we'll see what happens with it. Um, FIA is going to have to be pretty quick with it this week. And knowing our luck, news will come out the day after this podcast is recorded. <laughs> Um, guaranteed guaranteed uh, and this will be all null and void but uh, if it is found illegal Racing Point have to figure out some new brake ducts in three days yeah and it might just not be the brake ducts might be also some uh, other parts of the car mm. depending how thorough this investigation is and just for clarification too it was before to the 2020 regulations you could actually pretty much purchase parts from different teams I mean yeah. we know Haas did that when they came into the sport so it's a new regulation. Otherwise, I think Racing Point would be okay. So this is where the whole clarification comes in. But who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Racing Point, or excuse me, maybe Renault knows something that we don't. Maybe this is just sort of sour grapes from Renault. Um, you know, they're seeing their team is struggling again a little bit this year and are behind Racing Point and are now just trying to sort of throw up a last-second attempt to... Car is pacer than last year, though. For Renault? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. For yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ocon had great pace in qualifying. Ricardo as well. Uh, in the race, a little bit struggled. Obviously, Ocon had to retire. Mm. Big question Renault always is reliability, so that's a, another yeah, topic. I, and I think they were saying that the big concern from them for them this year is uh, overheating engine overheating issues. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's clear. I mean, that's I think Ocon retired last week as well. Yeah, yeah. same issue. Yeah. I think Daniel Ricardo was out last last week too. Or, or sorry, I think they swapped, didn't they? Um, yeah. It was Ricardo last week. And yeah, then, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, let us know what you think about the whole Renault protest situation and uh, what do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is in the right? Who is in the wrong? Obviously, Racing Point, even though in the first two races they haven't had necessarily the results, the car is pretty damn quick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, disappointing, again, if... If they had a lot of trouble cooling the tires in qualifying, and that's why we saw Racing Point qualify so bad. Uh, which, I mean, what what could they have done if they were higher up in the grid? Oh my God! Knowing the pace that they had, I mean, they came from where were they qualify? 18th and Perez 17th and Stroll 12th. 12th, yeah. So, you know, you have Perez went from 17th all the way to sixth. I mean, if he would have started in the top six, could he have challenged Hamilton? I mean, they were matching. For a while, lap to lap, fastest lap of the race. And then Norris came in, of course. Once, or so was it Science? Science. Science. Yep. Sorry, he's pitted and got uh, new tires. But uh, no, Perez and Hamilton were swapping fastest lap here and there. So um, it was pretty impressive from from Sergio Perez. Yeah, and you're completely right because it was Red Bull and Mercedes were making that comment too. That look like even though Mercedes won the first two races of the season, Racing Point is a threat to everybody. Because yeah, it's absolutely. like you said, you know, they were lapping like even quicker at certain times. So it's like, yeah, if they can qualify in the top five, what could they have done to put the pressure on Mercedes, right? Sure, could you mind just hit clicking the fastest laps there on our screen? Yes, for uh, sure. I just want to see 
Um, so fastest lap went to Science. Paris had the fourth fastest lap, a 1071. Uh, we're not counting Science because he pit for fresh tires. And so did, did Verstappen pit as well? Yes, he did. Yes, he yep. did. So um, Hamilton, yeah, 106.7 for Hamilton compared to Perez is 107.1. Yes, there's still four tenths of a difference there, but it shows that Perez was, was kind of right there with pace. And so was, so was Lando Norris, of course. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that they're in a really good position. And that's what I'm saying. If the car is legal, which I hope that it is, because to be honest with you, I don't really care all that much of how Racing Point went about building their car. Because if it means that we're going to get a little bit more competition, and if that a smaller team is going to be able to compete regularly for podiums and maybe even wins, it's a fair game in my mind. I'm all for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I mean, look at Ferrari, right? They copied the 2019 Williams. Mercedes copied <laughs> the 2019. I mean, it, right? It Everybody's well. doing it. So um, this might be really smart from Racing Point as well to not focus as much on 2019 or sorry, 2020 and 2021, and just kind of take that general. Not carbon copy, but, you know, idea of the 2019 Mercedes and maybe put all their resources into 2022 when yeah. they rebrand. Well, they're rebranding next year at Aston Martin. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, so there'll be a full new team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see maybe, you know, if that's a, a good shout for Racing Point to then make a big push to be one of the top teams that comes out of nowhere. Because Mercedes did it. They Yes, they were they were good. But that when the whole regulation changed, that's when they took over. I mean, they were still a you know a right. top four team at, at that point uh, in 2013, um, winning races here and there. So you know, could be maybe it's Racing Point's turn. Yeah, that's a great point, and, and we certainly hope so. And if you're Aston Martin coming over and Racing Point is found legal and they end up having a good season, you know, your first season as a rebranded team is going to be positive if they can finish like top four, maybe mm-hmm. even top three. I just hope they keep some pink livery. Like a little strand so? of pink. I just want to keep a little bit. Well, it, it's an interesting point, though, because if they do keep the sponsorship, uh, BWT, the water company, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work because mm-hmm. will Aston Martin want to completely infuse their brand into it or is yeah. it going to have to stay with the title sponsor? So I'm we'll not, see. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly, but... That'll be fun. Yeah. It um, should be really in- interesting to see what happens. We might have three silver cars on the grid next year. Oh, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Unless Mercedes stay at their... Say the black, the, the black looks yeah, really looks nice. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it does yeah. look really good. I do have to say, but yeah, who know who knows what might happen next year. Yeah, so a lot of drama happening on and off the track, which is which is good. Gives us a lot of things to talk about. Um, now, before we move on to the rest of the stuff in the race, because we were on Renault, we want to talk about the breaking news that happened a couple of days ago, which was Fernando Alonso officially announced as Renault's driver alongside Esteban Ocon for 2021. Uh, we briefly touched on this in last week's podcast. We were thinking who could the potentially new driver would be. And I think there was really no doubt in the end that it would be Fernando Alonso. I know Hulkenberg's name was thrown around. Uh, the F2 driver, Zhao, who was uh, obviously a Renault Academy driver, was thrown around. So I posed the question on Twitter, and I'm going to pose it to you guys as well. What do we think? Do we think that Fernando Alonso coming back to F1, is it good or bad for the sport, or is it just kind of indifferent in the middle? I mean, Fernando Alonso in the sport is never a bad thing. He's always interesting to watch. He's always got some good reactions. He's got some good racing. And especially with the way that Renault are now, I think it's a, it's a good time for Alonso to enter and, you know, put some of his own thoughts into the team and make kind of make it his own. He's got, uh, he's got Ocon, who's, uh, you know, half his age almost. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> crazy. Um <laughs> to help him out so I, th- yeah. I, th- I think it's i think it's a good fit for sure um 
And, you know, it's, he's, he's won championships there, so... Yeah, I completely agree with you, and uh, so do the people on Twitter. I posted the poll, and 75% of people said that it was good for the sport. And yeah, I mean, how could it not be? Anytime you're going to bring one of the best racing drivers in the history of not just F1, but of racing in general into the sport, I think it's a very good positive. Now, is he going to have a car in which he'll be able to fight the likes of Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton? Or Well, that's that's been Renault's hope, right, is to build a race winning car for 2021 that was their goal now it's the whole regulation change so maybe they'll push that back to 2022 but if if that's how Renault want to build their team and you know they have winning success with Alonso and you know they weren't a race winning team when Alonso joined and then they rallied together and won two world championships together back to back I mean it was a fairy tale story uh could they do it again maybe maybe yeah. if the partnership is right um but uh, Renault will have to make sure that uh, they don't let Fernando do what uh, Fernando did to McLaren <laughs> and, and completely take control of that, uh, of that organization and really, um, no, not, I wouldn't say he, he was the, the dictator of McLaren because there's, there's a lot of voices there, but that's what it seemed like from the outside. We were there. We don't know what was going on in the McLaren garage or anything, but from the outside, that's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, well, you pretty much could call it Fernando McLonzo at one <laughs> point. Like, but yeah, I mean, his voice, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much pull he had, but it seemed like he had a lot with Zach Brown there especially. And... I mean, if you remember Boulier when he was with the team, it almost seemed like it was Alonzo's decision to whether he wanted to get rid of some of the personnel there. So um, it depends how many people are left over from the Renault days of 2005 and 2006 as well. I mean, I know a couple of um, people are still working there, worked with Fernando Alonso. So maybe the environment there at Renault is a little bit easier. They know how to deal with Alonso better than McLaren knew how to deal with him. I'm not sure, but... It's good that he's back in F1, and I think that for Renault, they're sort of in a desperate position where ever since they returned to F1, they haven't been able to build a car that's been competitive, and bringing in a superstar like Alonso is going to be great for them. It's going to be great commercially. They're going to be able to pull a lot about the nostalgia, about the multiple-time world championships. At the end of the day, you're going to have one of the most popular racing drivers in the world driving for your team. So if your car is shit, commercially, it's still good. Mm -hmm. And it justifies them staying in F1 with the big Renault bosses. So at the end of the day, that might be why ultimately Alonso was the decision. I, I also thought I read something that saw Valtteri Bottas signed for 2021. He yeah, he, he did. did. Officially? He did. Officially, official, yeah. officially for one more year. Okay, I wasn't sure because it's not on the I know Wikipedia. No, Wikipedia, it's not. But, um, it's, I think it's, uh, I don't think Mercedes wanted to go with anybody else. Kind of yeah. Have a... it, and Hamilton's not signed for next year yet, is he? Not yet. Yeah, not, yeah. not yet. Well, I mean, that will happen because uh, there's no seats available. At, well, I guess he could go to Red Bull. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. You don't think he wins and retires? I don't think, I don't think he retires yet. I think he wants to get at least, I want. he wants two more. He wants to not tie. He wants to have the outright. Yeah, he wants eight for it. Yeah, he want. I think he wants eight. Um, but uh, no, I was just. I wasn't sure if Valtteri if that was confirmed or not, or what was going on there. I thought I saw something. So that's good for Valtteri. He's he's back in the sport for next year. That's what I thought he would do. He would win this year, Valtteri, and retire. But no, he's good. <laughs> he's happy where he is. He still could though. He. I, I mean, Rosberg had the contract right and ended up retiring. So. That's true. Yeah, you're right. But I, I think he'll stick around for for another couple of years. But it's Val nice for yeah, him. Valtteri isn't that old, is he? No, I think he's still in his uh, his early 30s. I thought he was like 35. 
But it, it'll be good I have for him. Wikipedia open. I can also just... It'll be good for him in terms of being able to battle for the championship, knowing he's secure. Give him a lot more confidence for sure. He's thirty years old. Thirty. Oh yeah, he's got. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not that. Old. He's young. Well, even Lewis young is uh, thirty-three. Yeah, Lewis is older. So Lewis is not that much older. I mean, Vettel is is around the same age as well, and this pretty much all but confirms that Vettel won't be able to get the Mercedes seat. Um, obviously, well, I, we don't know what happens with Hamilton, but he goes to Red Bull. Vettel got rid of Mercedes. Start the rumors now. There's a lot of rumors going on, man. There. That uh, the Red Bull CEO they want to bring Sebastian home. I could see that as well. I could see that as well. That's him and Max going at it. Or maybe he goes to Alpha Tauri, bring it home, right? That's the first team That's he drove true. for. That's true. That's the first team he sold. Yeah. Um, I know Christian Horner denied it on the broadcast, I think, when it was uh, free practice. But he doesn't own he, Red Bull. Yeah, and also Christian Horner Christian Horner would, tight-lipped. Christian Horner would yeah. never say anything yeah. that's going to upset Max Verstappen. <laughs> true. Yeah. That's his prize driver. There's no way. Yeah. All right, let's go down that road, though. Do you think that that partnership of Vettel and Verstappen could work? Yes. Uh yeah, I think I think it would provide a lot of competition between the two, but they also have a lot of respect for each other at the same time. Yeah, I think the the big thing here is that we see how Max doesn't have someone. And this is no like discredit to Alex Albon because he's fantastic and he's still very young. He is a good driver. Yes. He is yeah, a very, very good, very driver. good driver for sure. Yes, um, but there he's just not fast enough in that Red Bull, and he needs someone just to have that little extra edge to not only help push for stopping. Uh, but to you know, help them in a fight. I mean, we saw Verstappen stuck in a McLaren or in the Mercedes sandwich there, and it ended up beating him. That's that's you yeah, know that's, yeah. that's just what happened. And uh, where if they have another Red Bull helping that fight a little bit, you can you can play. Maybe it's a one two. It's a, it's a Mercedes Red Bull Mercedes Red Bull in the end. Well, it kind of felt like that's what the strategy for Red Bull was for the for this last race was they knew they had a they had a you know secured podium pretty much with Max. And they needed Albon there to provide that support, and it just didn't happen. I won by, I think, like 20 lap, 15, 20 laps in. He was 25 seconds behind or something. Yeah. So, it's yeah, he definitely need, needs that uh, secondary driver. And on what you were saying, I was actually just going to mention the, this uh, Max's defending in that last 10 to 15 laps really showed how of a, of a mature driver he yeah, is yeah. compared to the last two years. Well, we forget he's been in the sport like six years. So for yeah. so long. He's like, amazing. He, yeah, he's just, yeah, I mean, like fantastic defending mm-hmm. in the last 10 to 15 laps. And I think with uh, with both Vettel and Verstappen on the team, I think they can make it work for sure. Yeah. Interesting. And it, I think they do actually like each other a they lot do. because even though Max is what twenty one, twenty two, he's very old school. Yeah, you know he's an old school racer, and I think that he's kind of got an old school mentality, and that's why he likes Vettel as well. Because think about all the times that they've come together on track. Remember last year in Silverstone as well, they went right and saw each other right after the race, and they have this like mutual understanding and yeah. respect. It's not a bad blood like you sometimes see these drivers who get into incidents with each other. For sure, and I think part of it comes from Vettel being that Red Bull, Red Bull young driver and knowing that max is coming up through you know alpha tari now and then as well going into red bull he, he's been that guy you know he's been he's been through that exact same situation and he knows what kind of pressure he's in as well so yeah for sure i, I definitely see that partnership working it definitely could it'd be tricky to manage if red bull had the car um but even right now it's like again i agree no disrespect to alex albon but it's just max is at such a high level he needs another driver that's at that level mm-hmm. It's like when you look at Red Bull when they dominated, they had Sebastian and Mark Webber. And Mark Webber was at that level. He wasn't a Sebastian Vettel, but I think that Mark Webber was 
world championship Mark, material. Mark Weber should have won a world championship. Should have won a world championship in 2010. That, that yeah. bothers me. <laughs> it bothers me too, yeah. But Alex Albon, he isn't there right now. And, and I think he's miles away from being a world championship driver. Although I think the potential is there. So in this era, when you're fighting a team like Mercedes, I completely agree. You do need those two cars. So I think that if the opportunity arises, you might want to take the risk of potentially coming together sometimes on track for the sake of having two cars that could be able to fight for wins themselves. Because Max has been alone now for what? Two seasons almost since Ricardo left. Since yeah. And it's hurt Red Bull in a lot of races. Strategy is, is compromised now because they've only got one car. Yeah, no, for absolutely. And hopefully that's something they that can kind of fix next season. And the driver's market is there. Albon's not signed. So um, who knows what could happen? It could be a signed situation where he's loaned to who knows. Who knows? Yeah, it's so you know, complicated. Like, yeah. But it would be such a shame to see Vettel just run out of options and have to retire. Hopefully he doesn't retire permanently. I know that he still wants to race. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's got a lot of love for the Red Bull team. And Red Bull loves him. They're yeah. constantly in communication. They They're won always... four world championships together. How can he yeah. not, right? Like, And he's so sick of the Ferrari environment. And he wants like the efficient you know, UK way of working instead of the discombobulated Italian factory that's going on over there. So I'm sure that he's dying to go back to a well-oiled machine, which mm-hmm. was Red Bull. So very interesting. It's big decisions ahead for Vettel. But, um, you know, if the Red Bull CEO is and the guys at the front office who are, you know, leading the whole company, if they want him, then they can get him. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's 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 always silly season. eh? There's never like I was talking to some friends and they thought, you know, this would be a great idea if F1 did what a lot of major support sports teams do where you can't sign a free agent until a certain day. So, like, uh, say you can't sign a free agent until January 1st. Yeah. Uh, and then all the free agents, you know, either sign or that's when contract, that's when, you know, talk started and everything like that. I mean, that'd be wild if you just had a 48-hour period of knowing where everyone's going. But I guess at, at the same time, this leads to constant speculation throughout the season. So, right. yeah, your yeah. pros and cons either way. I would like that, though. Like a trade deadline, almost, or yeah. a signing deadline. Free agent frenzy is what they call it in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, I'd like so that. call that that as well, I guess. Yeah. It, well, it would it would make for like such really dramatic, you know, 24 or 48 hours, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, but I guess it would almost stop the season-long speculation. That's right. So it's... it's well, yeah. Kind of, it you, get, pros and cons for everything. There's both both sides to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, um, getting back to the the Styrian Grand Prix, um, not many other notes really, but I wanted to talk about Lando Norris again because yeah. I I thought he stole the show again. It's just last lap genius. I think that's what yeah. he is. Yeah, or last three laps or whatever it was. I mean, he came. He was P eight on lap sixty eight and P sixty nine is when they put 69? in uh, scenario seven. Scenario seven. <laughs> scenario seven. Uh oh, <laughs> that's not good. Um, yeah, then, yes, yeah, so, but anyways, he gained three places, ended up P5. Yeah. Um, really well done from Lando. Another fantastic drive. Yeah. Uh, it was a very mature drive, too. He just sort of sat back there and just waited for it to all unfold. Yeah. Just very well done. And, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for the whole mix-up, I don't think he would have gotten it, but just great on him for just waiting it out there and just, you know, just sending it. I think he could tell something was going to happen. Yeah. He was like, he smelled blood in the water uh, and well, raced phenomenally. Yeah. For sure. And I think, yeah, it comes down to, you know, you know Daniel Ricardo's not giving up a spot and you know Lance Stroll is going for the spot. So he just <laughs> had to wait it out in that corner. That's true. Yeah. 
You didn't like Lance Stroll's overtaking, did you? I, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I was not impressed. I thought it was clean. I thought it was clean. That's hilarious. I thought it was clean. Did you see the team it's radio? clean overtake. I, I just watched it before Good I came in here. He's no. like, um, so he overtook him, and I don't know if it was right then and there he said it, but he got on the radio. He's like, man, that was really hard to overtake. And the comments were like, yeah, so that's why you like bottled him off the track. No. I don't know. I thought it was a racing incident. I didn't see any issue with it. Good hard racing. No. Verstappen did the same thing to Charles Leclerc, not like last year, and it wasn't an issue. Charles Leclerc wasn't that much, that off the course, though. Yeah, he was. He was completely. And Lance Stroll was almost completely off the course as well. So was Max. <laughs> it's the same thing. No, it's the I same think it was thing. different. Same thing. I'm with Tyler. I think it was racing racing incident. incident. I, I, I'm I'm not claiming the fact that it was a racing incident or what. I just didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm like not the, arguing that with you guys. That's, I mean, that's fair. That's, I just didn't, didn't like, like it. it. You didn't like that it. was probably Stroll's like only F1 overtake, and you just didn't like it. I just yeah. didn't like it, bro. Like it was not about it. But you know what? He made it on Ricardo, so I think Ricardo has to expect that. Ricardo did let his guard down. As he, well. he did. He did. I don't think he was expecting Lance to send it in the corner. Yeah, I mean, like Lance might have licked the stamp, but descending it was, you know, yeah. it was standard shipping. It, was, yeah, exactly. it wasn't it wasn't express. It, it got there, and that's all that matters. <laughs> it got there clean. The box is a little beat up, and you know. But it's still good. But Everything yeah. inside's all right. Hey, I mean, he finished seventh, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, see, we were, sorry, we're talking about Lando. Norris. Don't look now. Uh, he is, what is that, 15? Are you looking no. for? How many points is he even behind the... 43 minus 26. I, my math is terrible. That's hard so. math. People were getting roasted for this. Wow. And I went to a Catholic school, too. I know. <laughs> I went to... I know. I was supposed to be good Here, at Here, guys. I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, that's easy to look. <laughs> okay. So, 17 carry points. the one. <laughs> 17? Is that right? Yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. What are you trying to I don't want to look out? like an idiot. You know what? I'm just going to compare Hamilton oh, and Norris because right. that's easier. I knew I was right. It's fine. Um, that's that's, that's a, right. just, just a joke. It's all that's, good. I was right. Of course we know how to do math. Um, <laughs> yeah, seven, Norris, only 17 points behind Bottas for the driver's championship. Oh, it could that's happen. what you were trying to figure out. That's I thought you were trying to, to figure out how many points he got into each race. I was like, no. No, I wasn't. I was just trying to be silly. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyways. Only 11 points back of a six-time world champion. That's right. Yep. He is 26 points ahead of a four-time world champion. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> you think of it. I mean... He's not even in the top 10. I got to load another Vettel, page. Oh, sorry. 25 points. Vettel has one point. I forgot he had a point. Wow. That's crazy. Even Max, too. 15 points only. Yeah. It's the championship. Well, Max so... wasn't even classified uh, last race, so... Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's finally entered the world championship. Progress. His progress, yeah. Um, and Haas is in there, too. Look, they have zero so points. So does that mean Vettel and Charles Leclerc didn't qualify? No, they wouldn't have classified in that race. Classified, sir, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Neither would Alcon. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah, they, they gets a percentage you have to complete. Yeah. And just on Perez, I was just scrolling through his name. Man, he loves commentating on his own moves, doesn't he? I know. That was great. Great radio. Did you like that one, man? <laughs> He's like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, no, I like uh, Sergio on the radio. is always fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel so bad for him that he nicked the front wing. He almost took mm -hmm. out. Have, have you been seeing these memes that have been going on? It's like 
Alex, he almost took out Alex Albon in the okay. exact same oh, corner. Oh, yeah. And they're like, Albon's worst nightmare. It's like the silver Mercedes, the black Mercedes, and the pink Mercedes. <laughs> the pink Mercedes. <laughs> like, he's almost been taken out by all of them. I know. Perez may maybe deserved a P4 there, um, but was just a tad too aggressive, unfortunately. And ended up uh, imagine Albon. <laughs> oh my oh, God, that kid would have Alex. had a meltdown. Poor Alex. Good thing uh, it wasn't too serious a contact. Yeah, uh. there's a couple of them though. Like I think who was it? Kafiat and um, I can't remember who he touched with, but uh, it was right in the first Stroll? corner. It might have been Stroll. Yeah, maybe one remember. of the racing points. But yeah, they touched rear wheels and Kafiat almost lost it. Oh. We had a lot of those even in the first race as well, and they didn't end up in any punctures or oh. or anything. So I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, anything else from the race? Were we missing any incidents or anything? Uh, any points of contention? Oh, I did want to again. Our, our good friend of the show, Chris Medlin, um, oh, okay. did tweet out this uh, great stat, um, and it was uh, I don't even have him up. Anyways, um, but only one time. Or sorry, was it two years ago? Um, you can just click on his name. Oh, there. there he is. Yeah, he's right there. Look at that. Um, uh, which one is it? This one right here. Uh, I generally feel for team members this season. A triple header in 2018 was vowed to never be repeated, as it was too tough on them. It's still tough, but they've accepted it, of course. And now they have to do three triple headers in a row, which sounds crazy. Uh, but yeah, so this is the last third of the first triple header. And then they'll be taking, is it a week or two weeks off? Week? I think it's only a week. I think it's only a week off. And they go um, Great Great Britain twice. Great Britain twice. And then Monza? I think you are, I think Belgium and then Monza. Uh, Oh, sorry. I have it right here, boys. I keep on zoning out here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hungary, two. Oh, no. Oh, Spain. Spain. Yeah, it's Hungary, two in Britain, and then Spain. All right. And then another triple header, which is Belgium, Italy. And it's going to be the Mugello circuit, yeah. I believe, for the they, first yeah. time ever. That's yeah. another news that yeah. popped up this week. Yeah, and apparently... Mugello su- circuit. And apparently that track is like... It's beautiful track. It's hard, yeah, and it's a hard track, too, it physically. Is. So I'm That'll looking be forward to that. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, Ferrari's test facility. I think they own it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I haven't heard. But I think it's a, a common MotoGP track, but they've never yeah. done F1 around there. No, I've, I've only done some Forza around there. Yeah, <laughs> good track. It's fun. It, it is. is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I know... Um, after that, they haven't really confirmed any races, but Canada's not looking as hopeful as it did a couple of weeks ago. They said maybe October, but now they're looking like that's going to get scrapped. And pro- looking at a Bahrain doubleheader, finishing in Abu Dhabi, still might go to China. So we'll yeah. see what happens. I wonder if they could do China, Japan, South Korea. South Korea has a really nice circuit. Yeah, Japan's off the table now. Is it? Yep. Officially? Yep. Um, I wonder if they could do South Korea because uh, they, like they have a really nice track there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a great track. Um, and there's no South Korean drivers, but I think they could get it could, could be a lot of fun at that track. Yeah, if they do do an Asian stint, um, is Singapore still in the mix? Or are they out? They're out as well. They're out. Um, India cool. does have a racetrack. Turkey has a racetrack. They could always go do. And like I said, you go to that Portugal Spain region. It, there's about a thousand tracks they could go yeah. to. So I think India is also out of the table. Are they? Yeah. yeah, I guess they're spiking right now. Yeah, they? third highest right now. <laughs> yeah, they're probably out. And I think that track is, uh, they gone bankrupt there for oh, a couple years. Yeah, no, yeah since first India left, there's no like real racing. Oh, yeah, I guess. So. Well, yeah. I, I was looking it up not too long ago, all the grade one tracks or whatever. So, But it, it, there's like two import. there's a bunch, uh, two in Portugal and like four in Spain they could go to. Yeah, a whole I think bunch. The, the Portugal one, Portomeo, was like 
looking likely that that mm. might get added on as well, um, similar to the way Magello did. So. I'd like to see Jerez come back yeah, in Spain. That That'd nice be a lot too. of fun. Yeah. Um, anyways, they could make a whole bunch work if they just keep it in the little core area. And yeah. There's laws of tracks they could do. And, you know, it's not a lot of traveling for everyone, and it's, they can still pump out races. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've already got two done. Hopefully, it's uh, not like they have to approve fans in all these different you know, places. Like, no, no. It, it should be okay. Yeah. Um, and we got 10 so far. So looking like they'll maybe be able 15? to get anywhere 12 to 15. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, let us know in the comments below. This will be our fan question. Uh, what track you would like to see F1 race at uh, this year that wasn't originally on the calendar? So a new circuit that would be added uh, for this year. It could be a, a historic track in Jerez or it could be a, a new track. Uh, let us know which one do you guys think F1 should race at. Yeah, absolutely. And let us know any thoughts you had from the Styrian Grand Prix. Um, whether you disagreed with any of our analysis or you agree, drop any thoughts you got in the comments below. And uh, yeah, we appreciate uh, all the all the love and all the support. And uh, we'd like to hear from all of you. Is Germany off the table? Germany's another Germany's one I forgot about. Yeah, yeah, because they weren't even on the calendar this year. Yeah. And I know I that they were they being thrown around. I think that they're still Nurburing, on the table. There's so, there's so many options in Germany. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. Of, Hockenheim hmm. is looking likely. Yeah. Most likely, but yeah, there's a lot of options. Yeah, I mean, Hockenheim's ready, right? Yeah. They had a race last yeah, year. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Ton of racetracks yeah, in the world. Thinking. There's a lot of options, yeah. yeah. Good thinking. How about Bowmanville racetrack? <laughs> <laughs> we got one up in Calabogie here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have a, a very... It's a nice track. It's all right, uh, yeah. But definitely not F1 Mark, quality. actually might be driving it at the end of this month. Oh, about, yeah? Oh, Taking yeah. the golf? Um, they have an option where you could rent like, um, uh, it's mostly Mustangs. Um, but I think they have like a exotic car option, but I'm also don't know how much that costs and what they mean by exotic car. Yeah. So I'm going to look into it. Did but you know I, you could rent exotic cars here in Ottawa? Yeah. For yeah. Like five, $600 a day. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate. Cause like. There's also is it Turo or whatever like the, the the app that you can rent stuff on. There's like oh, nothing. Yeah, yeah. There's like nothing on there for for where we are. But yeah, there's actually a, quite a lot of them. Um, like in almost every part of Ottawa, there's like one like major company that does the rentals. If uh, any F1 brands are listening and would like to send us <laughs> yeah. a, uh, a sports car, I'm a McLaren. That Post Malone actually <laughs> exactly. bought his Lamborghini from here. Did he? Really? Yeah. Did he get well, in, in 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 Gatineau, but you know that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> That's how desperate we are. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, next time we go do a shoot somewhere, we'll uh, rent a McLaren or a Ferrari. Just pull up in one of those. That'd be cool. Yeah. Right? Be Make cool. us look pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, why not? All right, boys. I think that does That's it for nice, uh, yeah. episode yeah. 85. Yeah. Um, so we got Hungary coming up this week. Uh, we got our power rankings again coming out uh, in, in the coming days. Um, and then this is the uh, third of the triple header. So uh, right. after that, we'll get a, a little bit of a break. And then, yeah, we'll just keep going with the races and races. And uh, it's nice. It's nice to be back and nice to have some races on the schedule mm -hmm. to look forward to and to be able mm -hmm. to do this. So lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah, that's for sure. Yep. It's always good. All right. As usual, we appreciate everybody for following along. If you haven't already done so and you like what you're seeing, subscribe to us, like this video, share it with your friends and family. And uh, we'll be back soon in a couple of days talking about the Hungarian Grand Prix. Until then, it's bye for now. <laughs>